0: Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Barn, Today joining me is Tim Bontemps from the Washington Post. What's up, Timmy? What's up,
1: Fernando? How you doing, buddy?
0: So yesterday was an interesting day because you were around the Golden State Warriors and Stan Van Gundy earlier in the day was very, uh, what? how do I say this? Um, he really outspoken. went in. Yeah, he was really outspoken. He really went in on uh, Trump becoming the president, what was it like to be around an NBA team and such a celebrated NBA team? Did you, Kerr did speak on it. Um, Did you sense that other guys were worried about talking about it or did they talk about it freely?
1: No, I mean, I I think the guys that did talk about it, talked about it pretty freely. I mean, David West kind of went on a a similarly long uh, and eloquent, you know, Jag about it in the morning, um, you know. This, this This Warriors team is full of a lot of guys that are, um, you know, pretty pretty deep into their careers. You know, guys that are pretty established. So it's not sound like it's a bunch of young guys that are kind of afraid of afraid of such stuff like that. I mean, they they're all kind of uh, established in their careers and, and and big enough that they don't they can kind of say what they want when they want to. So I mean, not everybody not everybody talked about it, but I mean, I, I think it's I think it's safe to say that uh, the vast majority of people within the NBA are not thrilled by the outcome on Tuesday.
0: It didn't seem that way for sure, and it seemed like a lot of people were supportive of what Stan Van Gundy had to say. I mean, you just don't see that all that much, right? I mean, Van Gundy went on a six-minute diatribe about the matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kerr Kerr probably talked for two and a half or three. Um, no. You know, somebody, some of his jump off, somebody asked him about what Stan said, I mean, you know the, the the NBA is is kind of you know as we saw with you know Jason Collins being the first player to uh, the first gay athlete, in one of the four major sports to, to be an active player. Uh, you, you see a lot of the, the diversity stuff that's gone on in the NBA. Just kind of always been kind of a progressive sport, and um, you know, given given some of the stuff that was said during the presidential campaign, saw LeBron campaigning for Hillary Clinton. You know. That, I think it's safe to say that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't an outcome people were thrilled about, and you know, we'll see. You know, you know we'll just we'll just see how that progresses. I think I think as you know as the, the next four years begin in January, it's something something to monitor. You know how how the league kind of embraces that. It, it'll it'll be very interesting to see.
0: Last night you were at that Warriors Mavericks game. Mavericks said a bunch of guys, and so I don't know how much you can take away. From last night's game, but it, it, I mean, Clay Thompson got going a little bit for once, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he finally hit some shots, which was good. I mean, I, you know, I, I ended up writing about Harrison Barnes uh, for today, given that um, that was his, you know, return to Oracle where he'd played the first four years of his career, and I mean, the only the only thing I really took away from that game is I, I think Harrison Barnes has is, has is, is gotten a lot better, um, you know, which is a which is one bright spot for. This, uh, for this Dallas team, but yeah, I mean they sat. You know they had Dirk Nowitzki and Darren Williams were hurt, and then they they sat Wes Matthews, Andrew Bogut, and JJ Barea just as a rest on the second half of a back to back. So I mean when the ball was tipped, you pretty much knew that they weren't going to uh, have much of a chance. And then we, they, they were down thirty at halftime, you uh, you know it was it was already time to go home.
0: Even full strength, it seems like this is going to be a long year for Dallas.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, and you know, Rick Carlisle is, is a magician, so I have a feeling they'll probably still win, you know, thirty-five or forty games, and they'll they'll float around, you know, that eighth seed for a while. But yeah, it just it, it's hard to it's hard to look at them and and see that they're going to get into the the playoffs in the West unless you know there are a lot of teams that have a lot of issues around them because they're just not. They just don't have the, the talent level that, you know, some of the other teams, they're going to be fighting for those spots, Do All
0: right, so you're writing about Harrison Barnes. Do you think Barnes really has gotten a lot better? Or do you think that Barnes was just, I mean, he was, you know, he's cast as a role guy on that, uh, on, on that Warriors team, and so he is one of those guys that when given greater opportunity, he's got the talent to be able to show out. Or do, or do, you, like, or do you legitimately think he's a better player than he was in Golden State?
1: No, I legitimately think he's gotten better, for it all. I mean, his for one thing, his handles are a lot better. Um, it, it's kind of funny that the, the Mavericks hired God Shamgod as a as a, a player development coach, and he's what? been he's been working he's been working with Barnes, and you can see like last year Barnes couldn't really create off the dribble. Um, you know, he he could he could knock down an open shot, he could post up but he wasn't a guy that you could kind of isolate on the wing and have him get by a guy and get to the bucket. But, you know, in in these first eight games, you know, you've seen him put the ball on the floor, get by guys, get to the rim and score, um, and be able to create off the dribble in ways he couldn't before. So, you know, I definitely think, I think you're right that he's a guy that was, you know, a fourth or fifth or sixth option with the Warriors sometimes. So, you know, he wasn't, Necessarily a focal point, and that—that that I think is partly why he's been better because the the Mavs have kind of said, "Look, Harrison, you're our guy," and have pumped him up, which has helped um, in terms of keeping his confidence up. But I also do think that he's made some some real strides um, skill-wise, and that that's allowed him to do some more than he could before.
0: God Sham God is a coach helping him.
1: Yeah, he's a player development coach for the Mavs.
0: I didn't know that.
1: You know, yeah, no, this it's is started this year.
0: This is crazy. In nineteen ninety six, ninety six, I went to the McDonald's All American game. It's one of the greatest. People could go look it up. It's one, like the roster on it is just insane. It's like Vince Carter and Kevin Garnett and Antoine Walker and Chauncey Bill. I mean, like it, Paul Pierce. It goes on and on. There tons of Hall of Famers that were in this game. And I, my my parents were cleaning out their house. And I had to go, like, get all my old stuff like you have to do when you get older, right? And your parents are like, are we just going to throw this stuff away? <laughs> and then you just move your big box of stuff, you know, from their house to your house, <laughs> right? right. It, just, it just goes from their attic to your attic. Um, anyway, I went through it, and I found this, like, old program. And I guess I had gotten, like, guys to sign it um, after this after this McDonald's game. And the two autographs in there, one of them is Paul Pierce, the other one... Sham God Wells, that was his name in high school, and I was like, "Yeah, was, I may have that the
1: his, that, was his, that was his name. I
0: was like, I may have the only like sham God Wells autograph that's around anywhere, <laughs>
1: and it, I mean you want to, you want to list I mean the, just I'll just I can just read through the roster. I just looked up that game, yeah, uh, Sharif Abdur Rahim, uh, yep. Lou Bullock, Vince Carter, Randall Jackson, Anton Jameson, Stefan Marbury, Ron Mercer, God Sham God. Uh there's then there's Wayne Turner, Sam Okey, and Luther Clay on the East Team. But then Chauncey Billups, Kevin Garnett, uh, Jelani McCoy, Paul Pierce, Tractor Trailer. I mean they there like, were like were like twelve or thirteen NBA guys. Yeah, rest in peace on Tractor, but there were like twelve or thirteen NBA players in that ninety five All America game. I mean, it it was an incredible it was an incredible array of talent.
0: Yeah. And Sham God Wells was there. you know what the interesting proposition on him real quick and I'll get back to real business. But do you like when he yeah. walks by do you call him God? Like do people just say God? Like I I would feel very, very awkward calling a guy God. I don't know.
1: Do
0: they call him <laughs> well, G I mean
1: that's why he went by that's why he went by Sham God Wells because he um you know, he was like a, a street ball legend in New York and he... He went by Sham God Wells until he got to Providence and then they said you have to go by your given name and so then like instead of spending whatever, however much money to change his name, he just you know, actually just called himself you know, he went and called himself God Sham God, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people I don't know what people call. him.
0: You'd have to I, call him G or
1: something, right?
0: Like if your buddy's name was God, yeah, you probably. would not call him you can't be like, hey God <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's even weird to have in your phone, you know.
1: I'm guessing. I'm guessing that he has a dribble move named the name the Sham God. I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing people just. Uh, I'm guessing people just call him Sham God.
0: All right, your take on the Warriors so far?
1: Uh, they're bored. Bored. Um, they're going through the motions. I think. Uh, you know, I think. I think they're gonna win lots and lots and lots of games, but. You know, I think they they look like a team that's been to the finals two years in a row. And even though they do have Kevin Durant on the team now and some new pieces, that I think their core guys, after the way last year's playoffs went, um, are bored of the regular season. And I think that's why you've kind of seen them be up and down in some of these games. And I I think that uh, you know that's probably not going to change until we get toward the second half of the season and they start to play. You know the schedule is very backloaded because the new TV deals, um, having so many national TV games um, after the football season, and mm-hmm. so I think maybe later in the year when they, you know, when they've been together for a while, they play some of these good teams a lot more. You might see them, you know, looking a little better. But right now, I think they're just kind of floating along. last night they, you know, they look great in the first half. They go up by thirty, and then they get. I think they got outscored by fifteen points in the third quarter and kind of let Dallas back into the game. Um just kind of been that kind of run for them so far. But they they look great and I think over time they're gonna be just fine.
0: Are they gonna be as good as you thought they were gonna be?
1: Um I think their peak is going to be, yes. Um I, I don't I don't know if they're going to show it all the time because I do think they are gonna have trouble getting up in the regular season. Um but I think when they get to the playoffs, I, I think they're going to be that good because they're they're going to roll out, you know, that small lineup a lot of the time, and you know we saw how good that small lineup has been the last couple of years. And if you now, you know, we were just talking about Harrison Barnes. You take Harrison Barnes out of that small lineup, and you put Kevin Durant in it. I mean, I, I just think once they get rolling, they're really gonna they're really gonna smoke teams because it's just going to be impossible to guard them once once they're uh, they're all comfortable with each other.
0: When we talked before the season, one of the things you said was like, alright, all right, so the Warriors, everybody's got them at the very top. Who is going to be the greatest competition? And and and, and during the conversation, you said you thought it was still going to be San Antonio and that uh, you weren't that high on the Clippers. Have you flipped on that? I mean, San Antonio was bizarrely 1-3 at home now. Um, and the Clippers are rolling.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I, I I think I always thought that the Clippers were going to be the better playoff team, and that San Antonio would be the better regular season team. Interesting. Um, just in general, because um, San Antonio's guard play I thought was really going to be an issue for them. Um, Tony Parker looks old. I mean, he's been really bad, and you know the bottom line is he's a thirty-three or thirty-four year old small guard. And you know once once those small guards start to start to go downhill their careers tend to go downhill quick because, you know, they they already don't have any size to, to utilize. And then if they don't have the quickness and agility they did before, you know, their skills can kind of decline real fast. And I think we're seeing that with a guy like Parker, who was always a, kind of a jitterbug and a, a speed demon. And he's, you know, he's, I think he's lost a step in it and it showed, um, you know, they, they still have a nice bench, San Antonio, and they still, uh, you know they still got Kawhi Leonard, who who looks fantastic, and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is obviously great. But um, you know Pau Gasol has struggled, and Tony Parker struggled. Those are two older guys um, who just look like they've lost a step. And I think I think San Antonio still win a ton of games. I know they're one and three at home, which is weird. But you know they lost like last night. They lost a toss up game to the Rockets, and um, I, I think over time they're going to be all right. But um, you know, I think once they get to the playoffs, that that lack of athleticism on their roster is really going to get exposed. Um, as for the Clippers, Clippers look really good. Uh, they had one hiccup against the Thunder where they played terribly and lost, um, scored eighty-three points at home. Just a weird game, um, but uh, but they look they look really good. Um, you know, I think if there is a team, if you if you go back to twenty eleven when LeBron went to Miami, if you if you're trying to find the 2011 Mavs somewhere in the league. I think the Clippers are probably the best bet to be that kind of team. Um, they've, you know, they've kept that same group together forever. Um, you know, Blake Deandre and Chris Paul are still great. JJ Redick is a fantastic shooting guard. I mean, if if they do manage to put it together this year, you know, maybe they could be a team that could give golden state some trouble in the playoffs. But, um, you know, so far at least they they look like they're they're gonna be wind up being the number two seed in the in the west and the the mo- their most likely opponent in the conference finals
0: I'll say this on San Antonio the thing with Kawhi, like it it has not been this way he has kind of been really awesome but blended in just watching last night he is it's it's almost it's it's weird to see the Spurs like this because they've always been this well-oiled machine with kind of everybody doing stuff and he is so far and away it's it better than everybody else on his team. You know what I mean? Like he, it looks yeah, like.
1: Yeah, it's like when Tim Duncan was really good in the early 2000s. Yeah, it's like, like, they've got, like they've got. They've never been back. a
0: superstar. I mean, at least for the last several years, not been like this superstar right. team, right? Where you see the one guy and then there's kind of everybody else. But that's exactly what they look like. He is the superstar and he really looks like a superstar <laughs> and then kind of like everybody else. And it's never really. I don't know. It's never looked like that. It's a, it's a bizarre watch to see the Spurs so far this year where he has elevated his game and is just otherworldly. Yet, I don't know, you're not used to seeing the Spurs like that, right? Being the one guy, the the guy the the, the team with the superstar and then the rest of the dudes. And yeah, for, no, it's the, it's yeah. like
1: the early it's like the early 2000s when Tim Duncan was kind of at his peak, right? It's like that they've kind of reverted back to that again. Um and Kawhi, you know, I was watching the game last night with Tim McMahon. We grabbed to bite feed after the Mavs game last night. He he was he said something I thought was true, which is that, you know, it's amazing that Kawhi just gets substantially better every single year. You know, like every year so far of his career, he has come back and done something to make himself substantially better. And, you know, I picked him before the year to be the MVP of the league. And, you know, I, you know, as, I think if the Spurs, you know, remain as good as we think they will despite some of their early struggles at home, um, you know, he's playing like a guy who could be the MVP of the league. I mean, he has been absolutely incredible and is just really, really fun to watch.
0: Interesting that you say you were with Tim McMahon. He's allowed to watch the Mavericks on the road.
1: He is allowed to watch the Mavericks <laughs> on the road, yes. <laughs> <laughs> such a such a ridiculous such a ridiculous situation that Cuban has put himself in. It's unbelievable.
0: How is that? How is how is that like a big story? It was so funny, right? That Tim McMahon and Mark Stein both got barred from covering Mavs games anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just a Cuban just being Mark Cuban and doing you know doing ridiculous things. I mean, I, everything I've heard is that that will be resolved fairly soon, and, and those guys, like, I want to say their next home game is next Friday, Dallas. So and I mean, my my what I've heard is this will be this will be over with by then and you know those guys will be back at the games but i mean it is just a ridiculous it's ridiculous that this has become a the story that it has
0: you better watch what you say Bontes. you're going to get your credential taken away
1: no oh, i know what a shame what you're a not shame gonna... not go to math games this year it'd be rough
0: damn <laughs> the thing about and let me go back to the clippers and how good they look i saw them a week ago in person here's the thing timmy they're way deeper they really are like they don't they used to like they would have these, you know, this great starting lineup and then you'd get to their bench and their bench is like you could just run over it. Um, but I mean, they got like legitimate players, Brandon Bass, Wes Johnson, Mo Spates, Ray Felton. You know, I'm not real high on Austin Rivers, but like and Crawford still comes off the bench like they got like legitimate guys like it felt like you just, you know, just get to the get to the point where they put their starters down and you can and you can rock them. Whereas that that's really not the case anymore, it doesn't feel. Their bench is not nearly as bad as it's been in the past.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think they're kind of I think they're kind of the same team they've been in the last couple of years in that respect. Like they've they've had some decent guys each of the last couple of years off the bench. I mean, you're right. They went out and got guys like Bass and, and Felton and Well
0: and Felton Spades. and Spades helped
1: No, Fel- they look they all help, but they, they, they had a similar they had a similar group um last year. I mean I for for me, it, it's just more of a, a thing where I need to see this team do it in the playoffs, right? It's like they they need this is they have to get to the conference finals this year. It's like the the, the floor is open for them. You know, you look around the West. San Antonio looks like it's taking a step back. Obviously, the Thunder took a step back. Teams like Houston and Utah and um, you know even Memphis, like none of these teams should be good enough to To beat the Clippers in a series. So, you know, the Clippers have been a team that people have been waiting to break through for years now. Like, this is their moment to break through. Like, let's see this team win 60 games, get the two seed, and get to the conference finals and kind of show us, hey, we are the number two team in the West. Like, let's see this, right? And if they, if they could do that and get to the conference finals, that would be a hell of a series with the Warriors. I think they could really make it interesting, but they've got to they've gotta really step up now and show me that, that they're they're not gonna blow this in the playoffs like they've found a way to, you know, each in the last few years now.
0: Even eight games into the season, um, I, you can look at like the Western Conference playoff standings and it's not that radically different than what you would have thought at the beginning of the year, right? The teams that are involved, except for the Lakers. And they're four and four through their first eight games, and they got some good wins. Is this just the beginning of the season? You know, they've taken to Luke Walton, or like, is this going to be a year where the Lakers are not bad?
1: Um, they're going to be bad. I mean, Luke Walton's done an incredible job so far. Um, I, I think. I think the fact that you know, and I'm not saying this uh, sarcastically, just look at the way he has Nick Young playing, like. Nick Young was a guy who, you know, I was in L.A. last week and and everybody there would kind of freely admit that even as late as the middle of training camp, like, Nick Young was probably going to get cut. And they gave him a chance and Luke said, look, I want you to go play defense and, you know, work your tail off and you'll get a chance to play. And Nick Young, not exactly known as a defensive player, has gone out there and played great on defense. He's now starting. He scored... I want to say scored the first 13 points of the game the other night when they lost to Dallas. Um, but he, he's getting buy in up and down the roster. And you can just see being around that team, the energy and the vibe around that team is just vastly different than it was before. And that, I think some of that is just like Kobe Bryant not being around anymore and just kind of that page being turned. But um, a lot of it's up to Luke Walton and, and the, the kind of the new vibe around that team. Uh, they're fun I, to watch. I, they're also very young. They're fun to watch. It, it's yeah. great. Like, it's they're entertaining, finally, right? Like, they haven't been entertaining for years. And it, it's they're it, they're really fun to watch. They're also just still very young. Um, you know, I mean, their, their top four guys in minutes are, are – their, their top four guys are, you know, Brandon Ingram's 19, and D'Angelo Russell's 20, and Jordan Clarkson's 23, and Julius Randle's 23 or 24. I mean, all those guys are, are pups at this point. So, I – I, I think that they're going to struggle still. Um, but the fact they have got off to this great start, you know, it is, it is good for their development. And, it, and it, like you said, they are very fun to watch. It's, it's a very nice change of pace from, from what they were before.
0: If they got to what number, it would surprise you, win-wise?
1: I mean, I still think that their high watermark is around 30. Um, you know, I, I think I could easily see them still it up with 25 wins or so. I mean, they're, they're just so young. Um, that I think I think even getting to thirty. I mean, they won seventeen games last year. I mean, if they get to thirty, that's a pretty huge jump. Um, but I, I think regardless of regardless of whether it's twenty five or twenty seven or thirty or thirty two, I mean, I, I think we've already seen that this is going to be a really positive year for them in terms of developing these young guys and kind of changing the culture around the team. So you know, I, I think I think that's going to wind up being a way more important thing for them going forward than whatever that final win total is.
0: All right, Tim, we've got to take a quick break and tell you about our sponsors today. When we come back, we are going to talk about the five teams that need to start to panic, as Tim Bontep's chronicled in the Washington Post. After this... It's officially basketball season, so it's time to ask yourself a crucial question. Where will you be watching the games? Parked on a stool at a crusty old sports bar? Passed? Crammed onto a friend's couch? Meh. You can do better. With Sling TV, watch NBA basketball on your terms and your turf. The Sling Orange service has live hoops you love on ESPN and TNT, as well as shows, sports, news, and more of the top networks, all for just 20 bucks a month. Get instant access to must-see games, expert commentary and analysis, the best of live TV, all for a low monthly price. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and easy online cancellation. Start watching seven days for free at sling.com slash ringerNBA. Restrictions apply. Also sponsoring today is Indochino. Every man looks better in a suit. So why get one of those generic off-the-rack ones? Try Indochino. It's one of the largest made-to-measure menswear brands. Let them help you find a great-fitting, high-quality suit at an incredible price. And here's how. Visit Indochino.com or drop by one of their nine North American showrooms. Choose the customizations from lapels to pleats to jacket linings and more. Pick from hundreds of fabrics and patterns. Submit your body measurements and kick back, relax, and get ready to step into the best, most stylish suit you've ever worn in just four weeks. This week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $3.89 at Indochino.com as long as you enter NBA at the checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for made-to-measure premium suits. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. Promo code NBA. Indochino. Get ready to look like a million bucks. All right, Tim. So you recently wrote an article about the five teams that need to start to panic. We are eight games into the season, Tim. But we are going to start with two teams, one of which you were maybe wrong about, one of which I was maybe wrong about. The first one is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was uh, appalled when you told me on a podcast uh, about a month ago that the Timberwolves were going to win 50 games. Um, I'm going to possibly do my apology in a minute. Do you want to apologize for saying that the Timberwolves are going to win 50 games?
1: Well, I mean, no, because it's a bold prediction, and bold predictions are bold for a reason. So, no, I'm not going to apologize for it. But uh, does it look like it's going to happen? No, it doesn't look great. Uh, You know, Here's the thing. My, my thoughts on the Timberwolves were that here's a team that has a top-ten player in the league in Carl Towns, which I still think is true. Um, they have a top-five or ten coach now in the league in Tom Thibodeau, which I, I do think is true. And that because they had Tibbs, they were going to be much better on defense, and they were going to be much better in late and close games, which last year they were terrible in all season long. Well, their defense has been atrocious. And they've been terrible in late and close games. They've lost, uh, you know, four of their five losses, I think, are by a combined 18 points, and three of them are by 10. Um, all those games they had big leads in that they blew. Um, you know, so if they'd won two or three of those games, things would look a lot different, but they didn't. So they're, they're now two and five after you know, blowing out the magic last night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been surprising to see see play the way they have but at the same time you know it is a young team and you know clearly my thought that Tibbs was going to be able to kind of move along their growth at a quicker pace than I thought is uh is not working out so far
0: I think they still got a chance to be fantastic here's the thing too they got to figure out their pecking order right because the guy that like acts like the alpha dog is Levine, is Levine Levine He's the one that, like, at the end of games, he, like, wants the ball and wants the shot. And they need that to be Wiggins, right? They need...
1: They well, need no, they, no, no, no. They need it to be Carl Towns. I think yeah, that's part but, of their problem is they're not getting Carl Towns the ball enough late in games.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm, was saying, I'm, it, it, Towns has a harder time creating for himself, right? I'm talking about, like, game on the line stuff, right? You're in the last couple possessions. It feels like, all right, it should either be Wiggins or Towns, right? Yet... Levine is the guy that, like, he wants the ball, gets the ball, and many times takes the shot. And so they they got to little, mean, I, little don't,
1: I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily mind that. I mean, he's a, he's a better shooter, really, than Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins is good in the mid-range, but, I mean, L- Levine is a – you know, Levine's a legit 40% three-point shooter. Like, he can he can really shoot the ball. But I, I do think that, to your point, though, their, their pecking order should be Carl Towns is the number one guy. Right. And I, we've seen – if you go back and watch a lot of these late games, you know he hasn't gotten the ball a lot, and the Wolves have just missed a lot of shots late that they should have made. Whether Wiggins has missed a bunch of free throws, uh, they lost to Brooklyn the other night, and Levine and Wiggins both missed uh, chip shots in the last couple minutes, driving to the hoop and missing layups. Like they just they've had a lot of moments like that in these early games, and you know again they're a really young team, so you can kind of write it off to of that, but. Far, you know, to go back to what I had said before the season started, I thought that they were going to really take a big leap forward in terms of, uh, you know, making a lot, making a lot of these growth steps with Tibbs as the coach and with them being a little older. And you know, so far, it, it hasn't worked out that way. All
0: right, well, you've got to defend your whole. These are teams that need to start to panic. Are you just saying that because your prediction was so high on the Wolves, or do they legitimately need to start to panic?
1: Well, no, I mean, look, it's like, again, it's two weeks into the season, so it's not like you have to start freaking out about all these teams. But, um, but look, I mean, if you're 1-5 in like they were before last night, like, you know, it, the first couple weeks of the season, I mean, you said it before, Chris, right, when you, you laid out the Western Conference standings, it's like these already kind of make sense to me, mm-hmm. right, other than the Lakers. So if you get yourself five games, six games out of the playoffs – after three weeks, you know that's a really hard deficit to come back from. You know you could do it, but it's 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 a lot easier if you're not putting yourself in a giant hole to start the year. And all the teams that I wrote about either are you know have one win or no wins, or they uh, or they are teams that have just a bunch of internal issues that are are looking like they're going to cause them problems.
0: Should I apologize for saying that the Knicks are going to be pretty good and better than a lot of people expect? Or should I hold Uh
1: it? Well, I mean, again, I don't think anyone should apologize for predictions, but... Uh, The Knicks aren't going to be good and better than people expect. So, if you want to say you were wrong, I guess you can.
0: No, all right. So fine. Should I uh, forget the apology? Should I preemptively say I was wrong about that? They're three and four. Huge win against the Brooklyn Nets last night. But I don't like the stuff I'm reading about them. Like already, you know that uh, you know, and you know what it's like. I mean, hell, you worked for the New York Post for a long time, so you were around that. You know, these New York media guys like every day there's a new story. And so there's stories coming out about, you know, Hornacek doesn't want to run the triangle as much. And Phil Jackson's making Kurt Rambis run the defense because the defense stinks so bad. And so is that should that all give me like real cause for pause or is that uh, New York media coming up with a new storyline for every day?
1: no they're a train wreck i mean they're the knicks this is what the knicks do year after year after year right i mean this is what they do i mean you have you know jeff hornacek installing kurt rambis a coach he has on his staff because bill jackson wanted to keep him on the staff because bill jackson couldn't hire him to be the head coach you you know so because it was you know politically untenable so he uh He eventually hires Jeff Hornacek, who then he has him keep Kurt Rambis on the staff now. Kurt Rambis is the defensive coordinator. And you you had quotes like Jeff Hornacek saying, it really could have been anyone. You have uh, Carmelo Anthony going, uh, quote, whether we like it or not, (laughs) we have to just deal with this. Um, You know, it's like, uh, you know, guys are grumbling about the triangle. Uh, Joe Kim Noah looks shot, Uh, you know. Derrick Rose still not back, still not looking good. I mean, it, you just go up and down this team, and it it's hard. You know, they looked exactly like I thought they were going to before they even started. I mean, they, they just it was hard. It was hard to realistically look at them and see how they were going to be really good unless Joakim Noah and Derrick Rose got in a time machine and went back multiple years, and it still looks like that like they still just don't unless that changes those I just don't see how they're going to be very good.
0: We got those three levels of their defense and like I like personnel-wise, I don't know how good you can be defensively with that team anyway when like the head is is, is Derek Rose and then your backbone is Jokic right. Noah and it's not like uh, it's, it's not like we talk about uh, Carmelo Anthony like he's Kawhi Leonard on defense or something, right? So, I mean, you got got right, three those, levels. Of, right. there's, there's a limit to how good you can even be defensively. I don't care if Kurt Rambis is some kind of defensive wizard, which he's not.
1: Right. No, exactly. That's, and that, Verno, exactly is why I thought they were going to stink. I mean, it's like you look at their, look at their starting – they're a top-heavy team, right? Their bench stinks. And you look at their starting lineup, and Rose doesn't guard anybody, Carmelo doesn't guard anybody. Noah is, you know, he's still decent on defense, but he hasn't even looked good on defense so far. Um, Chris Esporzingis probably should be playing more center. Instead, he's playing power forward where he can only, you know, he's going to be a tough matchup for smaller guys. And, uh, you know, Courtney Lee, from, as you know from his time in Memphis, is solid. Um, he's a solid team defender and a solid one-on-one defender, but he's not a, any kind of, you know, defensive stopper by any means. You know, he's not Tony Allen. Um, and, that like, he's their best defender by a mile. You know, so I mean that—that that kind of sums up. Uh, that kind of sums up the situation that the Knicks are in, and, and I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to win twenty games or anything, but I I I don't I don't see how they wind up making the playoffs in the East.
0: Who's the first coach that gets fired?
1: Man, I think Alvin Gentry is on his last legs, even though he shouldn't be. Um, you know, Pelicans are zero eight. They go, they play tonight. Uh, you know they play in Milwaukee. Um, they have a ton of injuries. They've lost, but they've lost several games late and close. Uh, lost to the Suns in brutal fashion in overtime. Uh, lost to lost a couple other really close games. And you know if they if they lose a couple more in a row, it wouldn't be surprised if something happens there because that's a team that um, you know is isn't you know they're, they're, you've got a GM there in Dell who probably is feeling the heat. But that's a whole that whole organization is not in great shape right now and um you know I think Brett Brown and Philly probably has to start wondering what's going on too because I want to say Philly's 0-8 also or 0-9 and um you know let's be honest the guy the guy that hired Brett Brown is no longer there Sam Hinkie, and if uh you know now that Joel Embiid is there they got some more talent on the team if they they get off to a, a an O first start for a while, you know. Maybe that's another team that decides to make a change at some point.
0: Yeah, Gentry's really like the only one right now because he's had his job for a little while. The rest of these teams, like that are that are that are not doing well. Most of them have all switched out guys, right? So, like you know, right. Scott Brooks ain't losing his job, and Kenny Atkinson ain't losing his job, and uh, Frank Vogel's not losing his job, and Dave Yeager, and I mean, you could go up and down the list. Earl Watson just got the job and then the Tom Thibodeau just got the job like i think gentry's like really the only one i don't i don't know if we're going to see any other possible mid-year firings if it's not him
1: yeah like i said i mean i think him and brown are both possibilities but other than that you're right i mean there were a lot of coaching changes in the last couple of years i don't i don't see anybody else really in the, the chopping block anytime soon
0: one of the other teams you said should start to panic was dallas you saw them last night we covered it at the beginning of the podcast um you know, obviously they sat their guys, whatever. But we talked about how this could be a long season for Dallas, even if they get healthy. Let's, let's swap. On.
1: Let's swap out. Let's swap them out for another team. Since you already talked about them, because okay. another team I could have mentioned. I, right. I I think people should be. I think the Pacers should be pretty concerned. Uh, uh, interesting. Uh, I I I have not liked anything I've seen from this Pacer team. and they, like the Knicks, they look exactly like I thought they were going to. Um, they 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 don't have anybody that can shoot, which is a problem. And like the Knicks, their defense has been god awful. I mean, you you look at their starting lineup. They're starting Jeff Teague and Monte Ellis. You aren't stopping anybody if that's your backcourt. Um, you know they they went out and got they went out and got Mont they went out and got Jeff Teague. They got bad Young. They got Al Jefferson. Like they went and got all these guys that were fine and they're good offensive players, but. None of these guys can shoot, and none of these guys are great on defense. And you look at their team now, they've got Paul George, one of the best defensive players in the league, and Miles Turner, who's a young, athletic, big, but still looks like he's trying to learn, you know, positional stuff in the NBA, which always takes big guys a while. Um, and everybody else is average or, or worse on defense. And you, if you, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see them yet, Bernal, but like, they just, they, every one of their games is just a, a track meet, and they don't. I don't think they shoot the ball well enough to win a lot of those track meets. So I, I really, I really am concerned that they're they're going to be, you know, a lot worse than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be because they were they were a team I think a lot of people were pegging as like a top four or five team in the East, and I I do not I do not see that happening at this point.
0: And there's already those quotes, right? The disturbing quotes from Paul George about how like we don't have any. Yeah, chemistry. Paul George went
1: off the other day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, the last thing you want, especially this early in the season, is talking about how the team has no chemistry and on and on and on. It's
1: <laughs> <That's laughs> it really usually is, a bad sign. Two weeks into the year, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like a guy usually he, not he, ideal.
0: He's not real happy with what's going on. That's your best guy. Um, other teams you said should uh, possibly start to panic. The Washington Wizards—they actually looked pretty good last night. Um, I was I, I flipped that game on just because I saw the score coming across the bottom line and I was like what the hell cuz I mean they were beating <laughs> the Celtics brain it was like 30 to 8 and I was like what is going on here so I flipped yeah, it over Yeah 35 to
1: 8 after one last night Yeah
0: I flipped it over and they're pretty good I actually saw the Beal injury and I was like oh god because he it, it looked like it was a wet spot on the floor and he like his leg just gave out and I thought he like hyper his knee um and you know this that that kid has, like had a hard time playing 65 games. If you get 65 games out of Brad Beal, I think you almost feel good about it at this point. Um but I saw that last night and then I kept on waiting for the Celtics to like make a big run and make a game of it and they really just never did. Washington just stayed on top of them. So you had just written that it was time for Washington to start to panic and then of course they had their probably their best performance of the of the year last night. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, they they played well, and yeah, I mean, the, the Beal thing is not good. I mean, that, I even wrote that before Beal got hurt. I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, like you said, he's never stayed healthy. It looked like that was a freak thing, but it just kind of goes back to, you know, is this guy who they just signed to a max deal this summer as a restricted free agent? Like, can he ever stay on the court? If he can, he could, he's got all-star level talent, I think, as a shooting guard. I mean, he can do everything you want as a two, but um, he hasn't proven he can stay on the court to do it. And that's uh, you know that that's really going to be that's really going to be something that they need to monitor going forward. And yeah, I mean you know their deep Washington the team, their defense hasn't been great. They should be good on that end, so it's I, I think their stuff is more correctable. Um, you know, I I had them ranked a little higher up the list because they were going into a stretch and they were playing Boston, Cleveland, and Chicago, and I thought they might wind up being one and eight after that stretch, and then it could be like, geez, what what's going on with this team? But that was a, That was a huge win for them, like you said last night, not only to you know regardless of how much they won by the fact that they got a win over the celtics um, that was a really nice step in the right direction for them, and you know now if they can if, you know they're probably going to lose to Cleveland, but if they could get that Chicago game, you know all of a sudden they're you know they're back to three and six, and you know even though that does, that's still not great, you know it's it's a good step in the right direction so that really, that really, for them, was a huge win last
0: night. It's another team I have seen in person, though, and they, uh, their bench stinks, Tim. That's going to be their issue. Is the it, it really does? The, it, well, that's the the problem, problem,
1: because they spent a lot of money on bench players this summer.
0: <laughs> I mean, they they were playing like uh, real, mi- like Marcus Thornton was playing like real minutes for them, and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, this ain't this ain't two thousand and eleven. It's
1: just yeah. Bizarre. I mean, they they went and you know trade. The, the biggest reason their bench isn't bad, I mean, has been Trey Burke has been terrible. I mean, going I don't remember before that game last night. Trey Burke was a minus forty six in sixty nine minutes this season. Like that, that's really hard to do. <laughs> like to, to basically to give up to be like a point and a half a minute uh, minus like that's that's really that's re- that's really hard. Like the other thing uh, is. That- yeah, you know, that's really hard to do.
0: The other thing is like uh, the, the you know they got the the better of the Morris twins, I think. And the both those those are some sour kids, man. Both of them, <laughs> the Morris twins, like never smiling. Like I don't, they got they got some kind of chip on their shoulder. The Morris twins. Every time I see either of them, they're always they always look pissed off, They're pissed off all the time about something.
1: yes, yes they do. <laughs> they always look grumpy. They doesn't do. matter why. Doesn't matter where. They Just, always
0: look grumpy. Why are they so grumpy all the time, right? Because they're not with each other?
1: <laughs> they
0: gotta be uh, with each other. Maybe
1: that's it. It, they could, be it, could the, be it.
0: They gotta be with each other in order to be in order not to be grumpy. All right, so earlier I had we had we had kind of rehashed what we thought about the Western Conference and who could be Warriors competition. At least eight games into the season, it certainly looks like the Clippers would be the greatest of competition. Um you have already uh besmirched the Cleveland Cavaliers. You have already uh besmirched uh the New York Knicks and some of these others. But if we're trying to figure out, right? Again, we're 8 games into the season. Who could be Cavs competition? Is it now are we sold on Atlanta possibly being Cavs competition because of what they were able to pull off the other night?
1: Um no, I mean, not really. I I think I think Atlanta I was higher on Atlanta than most. I thought swapping out Dwight, uh, uh, Paul, swapping in Dwight Howard for Al Horford wasn't going to be a huge downgrade or really any downgrade at all. And I, I think so far we've we've seen that to be the case. Um, but I, I still think Atlanta is still on another level below um, below the Cavs. I mean, if you want to say that uh, you know maybe Atlanta's got a chance to be uh, to be in the East Finals, I could see that. Like if you if you want to put them in the same tier as Boston and Toronto instead of in a lower tier, I think that's fair. Um, but it, I I still think that Cleveland is just so much better than everybody else. I actually watched um, I actually watched almost that entire game live, and uh, and I you know the end of that game when Cleveland went small with Channing Fry at center, they got literally any shot they wanted. And just missed a bunch of open looks. Uh, Kyrie missed an open runner and an open three, and I think uh, Kevin Love missed a three. I mean, it, they had a bunch of wide open shots that just did go down. And um, you know, I think most, I think most nights they would have won that game. So um, yeah, I, I still think that that they're they're going to be too much for for Atlanta or anybody to stop in the East. I, I you know, barring injury, I, I think they're going to be you know a, a sure bet for to make the finals again.
0: Boston's been all banged up, so probably not a good representative of what they're going to be. Are you higher on Boston or Atlanta?
1: Um, I, I guess I'm higher on Boston. Uh, I, I think that if they played in playoff series, I might pick Atlanta to win because I think Atlanta's got more top-end talent. Um, Boston is deeper, which is, I think, going to lead to them winning more regular season games. But, yeah, I'm still not sold. Like, when you get into the crucible of a playoff series, and you know this, Chris, like, you need, like, that's where, like, top-end talent shows up, right? And I I still don't really like the Celtics' top-end talent. Like, Al Horford's clearly their best player to me. Um, yeah, Al Horford's a nice player. I don't know if you're going to feel great about winning a lot of playoff series. Al Horford is your, clearly your best player. Um, you know, so I, I think they're in that top four in the East. I think they get to the second round, which is a nice step for them, but... I think if they're playing Boston or Atlanta in a series in that second round or Cleveland for sure, I mean, I think they're probably the underdog in all three of them. Well,
0: then play. we would then we would have the Horford versus Dwight. That would be pretty interesting. And I will say this. That would be over, interesting. Stop overlooking Isaiah Thomas. People have been doing that his whole life. He th- didn't even mention him. Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, Thomas
1: is, Isaiah Thomas is – Isaiah – Well, Isaiah Thomas – is, was, an all, was named an all-star last year. I, I don't think he's one of the 25 best players in the league. And, I mean, I, I mean I, he's their second best player, but I, I think that, I think Al Horford is clearly their best player. And, you know, again, it's like Isaiah Thomas is a perfect fit in a regular season on a team that doesn't have a lot of guys who can create their own shot. So Isaiah Thomas can have the ball in his hands all the time and get a bunch of shots. You get some assists and like that. I think that's a a formula to win a bunch of regular season games. I don't know if it's a formula to go deep in the playoffs when you're you have a five six guy trying to score all the time. Like I I just I I think, you know, it's just they just have some structural issues with their team that I think will prevent them from being a really good playoff team unless they get some more high end talent. They remind me of that Denver team a couple years ago that won fifty six games with George Carl. And they lost the Warriors in the first round. Like they, they, they feel like that kind of team, or right? they, they have ten or eleven good players, um, but they don't have that, those guys that pop off the page. That that when you get into the playoffs, really make the difference in a seven-game series.
0: Last thing, when we last spoke, uh, you had moved from New York out to California. What is life in California like? As a guy, you've been an East Coast guy forever, right? And now you're now you're a West yeah. Coast guy so what do you it's like very
1: you, weird it, it's very weird man yeah. uh, it, it's get, been a lot of fun but no what are you gonna say
0: you tanning getting your eyebrows waxed you know if you go <laughs> on the doing All right. what,
1: that, it, it's not it's not la man it never gets above about 65 here, so there's not <laughs> a lot of that but um no it's 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 been fun but it's very different uh the pace of the uh, pace of life is very different um the people are different. Uh, you know, everything everything is different from the East Coast. So, uh, like you said, I'm an East Coast guy my whole life. So it's it's been very, very different. But but so far, it's been good.
0: You got to like the weather, at least, right?
1: Weather is great. Weather is great. I'm uh, you know, being in mid-November and having it be 65 degrees is uh, is pretty nice. That's something I could definitely be used to.
0: Tim BonTEMPS, you demand. man. Thanks, brother.
1: Anytime, Bruno. Happy to
0: come on. There's another edition of the Ringer NBA show. Thanks to all of you for listening. Go give us a rating and review on iTunes if you dig what we're doing, and we'll talk to you next week. Once again, I want to thank Sling TV. It's finally basketball season. Where are you watching the games? At a crusty old sports bar or crammed onto a friend's couch? You can do better. Sling TV. You can watch NBA games on your terms and your turf. The Sling Orange service has hoops on ESPN and TNT, plus more live TV on top networks, all for 20 bucks a month. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees. Start watching for seven days free at sling.com backslash ringer NBA. Restrictions apply.